enhanced by the flourishing trade between Chinese and Muslim merchants. The late 15th century saw the beginning of what has been called Europe's Age of Discovery. In 1488, a Portuguese explorer, Bartolomeu Diaz, rounded Africa at the Cape of Good Hope. In 1497, he pushed east in search of a new trade route and more goods. Portugal's chief rival in exploring the globe was another Catholic nation, Spain, which had been recently united under the rule of Ferdinand and Isabella. Later European powers, such as the Dutch and the British, would sail the seas in pursuit of commerce, but the Spanish sailed for a self-proclaimed mixture of God, gold, and glory. Spain had been the center of the religious inquisition, and this movement had dominated Europe for centuries. As the leading Catholic nation in Europe, Spain now assumed the mission of converting non-Europeans to the correct form of Christianity. In her last will and testament, Queen Isabella asserted, Our principal aim has always been that of converting the peoples of the Indies and the Tierra Firme to our holy faith, sending them prelates, religious and other learned persons to instruct them, educate them, and teach them good manners. But the Spanish were not indifferent to gold and glory. They had already invaded and savagely plundered Mexico, Central America, and South America. Nevertheless, Spain's imperialism seemed to give equal emphasis to economic and ideological goals. Both goals were backed by force. By 1493, the global rivalry between Spain and Portugal had become so intense that Pope Alexander VI intervened to reduce the conflict between these two Catholic states. The Pope divided the globe. He decreed an imaginary line running from the north to south pole, about a hundred miles west of the Azores Islands. East of the line, Portugal was free to claim all undiscovered land and to Christianize the heathen. West of the line, Spain dominated. Later, the line would be moved farther west to give Brazil to Portugal. The Spanish were determined to break Portugal's lucrative monopoly on the Far East spice trade. They reasoned that they could go west to compete with the eastbound Portuguese. When Vasco Nunez de Balboa accidentally discovered the Pacific Ocean in 1513, a western route opened to China and Japan. Soon, a Spanish fleet was outfitted. Under a disaffected Portuguese navigator named Ferdinand Magellan, who had become a naturalized Spaniard, the Spanish set out on a voyage around South America and to the Pacific Ocean. In 1521, Magellan arrived at the Philippine island of Samar. The Spaniards immediately began to subordinate island rulers through treaties, which the locals apparently thought were merely statements of friendship. One of these rulers was King Humabon, who exchanged gifts with the Spaniards and accepted baptism into the Roman Catholic faith. To impress the newfound ally, the Spaniards resolved to punish another island chief who refused to pay tribute to King Humabon. The Spanish spliced ashore to teach the erring chieftain a lesson. Antonio Pigafetta, a close friend of Magellan, described the outcome. Forty of the heavily armed men jumped into the water, taking no trouble to cover their rear. Girdle deep, they waded a considerable distance ashore. Being a good shepherd, Magellan would not desert his flock. But the natives, recognizing the captain, aimed chiefly at him, 
Twice Magellan's helmet was struck from his head. One of them wounded him on the left leg with a large cutlass. That caused our captain to fall face downward. Then, immediately, they rushed upon him with bamboo spears and with their scimitars and every weapon they had, until they killed our mirror, our light, our comfort, and our true guide. Fearing that their new allies would now kill them, the Spaniards hastily withdrew, but only after proclaiming Spanish sovereignty over the islands. They would be back. Four Spanish expeditions to the Philippines followed. The first three were unsuccessful. During the third, however, the expedition's leader named the archipelago Las Filipinas in honor of Spain's crown prince, Don Felipe. Twenty years would pass before the Spanish invaders, called conquistadores, would return successfully to subdue Las Filipinas. This fourth expedition arrived at the island of Cebu in February 1565, under the leadership of the conquistador Miguel Lopez de Legazpi. Spain administered its colonies through an administration in Nueva España, or Mexico. Mexico's governor Velasco directed Legazpi, The main purposes of this expedition are the conversion of the natives and the discovery of a safe route back to Nueva España that the kingdom may increase and profit from trade and by other legitimate means. Taking up where the ill-fated Magellan had left off, the Spaniards exploited local rivalries to divide and conquer the native chieftains. Within six years, Legazpi and his grandson Salcedo were on the way to subjugating the islands. Some areas, however, resisted conquest. This was especially true of the more remote areas, the mountain provinces of Luzon, the deep interior of the other large islands, and the Muslim islands of Mindanao and Sulu. To consolidate their hold on the Philippines, the Spanish followed a colonial pattern they had established in Latin America. Friars, Roman Catholic clergy from various religious orders, formed a bureaucracy, and this functioned as an arm of the colonial government. The encomienda, or large landed estates, were established along semi-feudal lines. That is, the encomendero, or Spanish overlord of the estate, could exploit the resources in his area, including the labor of as many as 6,000 families. In return, he paid a stipulated fee to the Spanish royal treasury. The encomendero also could force his peasants to sell goods to him at fixed prices. The more tractable datus, or local headmen, were kept on as administrators. The Spaniards quickly displaced the Muslim traders, who carried goods between the islands and coastal China. Soon, silver from the Spanish New World, especially Mexico, was paying for Chinese silks, porcelain, and other luxury goods. Indeed, so lively was this trade that the Mexican silver dollar remained the unit of account in coastal China until the Second World War. A 19th century American historian, Hubert Howe Bancroft, described the Spanish colonial system. The jealous and exclusive system adopted by Spain has no parallel in the history of mankind. For three centuries, the political and commercial dependence of the colonies upon the mother country was as complete and absolute as selfish policy, rigorous laws, and oppressive government could make it. 
To drain the Indies of their wealth and draw it to Spain was the sole aim which influenced the Spanish monarchs in legislating for their colonial possessions. And the prohibitive system of commerce pursued by them makes glaringly conspicuous their indifference to the welfare of their settlements. Within a few years of Spanish occupation, Friar Martín de Rada complained about how the Filipinos were mistreated. They now paid three measures of gold, which is excessive. They were compelled to eat roots and hardly have clothing, so that rather than pay tribute, they often destroy their houses and hide. In other cases, tribute must be collected by force and holding Filipinos prisoner. A conciliar consul of Manila met in 1582 to discuss whether the Filipinos were human beings with natural rights. The native advocate, Bishop Domingo de Salazar, argued that the natives possessed rights and should not be deprived of their lands. Salazar also decried the collection of tribute from the Filipinos. In 1583, he reported to the king, All the encomenderos, when they go to collect, have their stocks, and there they lash and torment the chiefs until they give the entire sum demanded from them. Sometimes the wife or daughter of the chief is seized. Many are the chiefs who have died of torture. One who was collecting the tributes killed a chief by crucifixion and hanging him by the arms. The Catholic clerics feared that Spanish abuse might drive the Filipinos into embracing the Muslim religion, which was still prevalent in some areas. Salazar suggested courting the Filipinos to encourage...